Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, Pastor Brad Britton talks to us about letting go and trusting in God's will. Pastor Britton also reminds us that Christ is the one to catch us through all trials and tribulations in life. I can't help but think what Jesus was thinking as they're all celebrating him and he knows what's coming. He knows the pain he's about to suffer. He knows the abandonment that's coming. Yet he plows ahead. And so think today of Christ as your catcher. Anybody in here ever struggle with trying to control things in life? Anybody? Am I the only one? I want this to go this way, and I have to do this to make this to happen. If I don't do it, it just won't happen, right? What would it be like to fly? What would it be like to fly and to trust that there's a catcher on the other end? And and even when it's not okay, it's okay. Because it's not going to be okay every week. Even death cannot keep its grip for the catcher. You know, when you're new at a church, you learn things. Um, Some people uh, in the church will tell you things right before you arrive, like, hey, heads up, this is going on, this, and this is how we do that, and this is how we do this, and and you, you, you get some of that. Some of it's real direct and helpful. Other things you just find out by stepping on a line, a landmine. You ever do that? Like, you just didn't know? You know, the, the, they just assumed you knew. Uh, I was in a church years ago, and I was helping set up for a potluck lunch, and I put the plates on the wrong end. That's just unpardonable, you know? How could you put the plates on the wrong end of the buffet line? We do not do that here. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in uh, the sanctuary as a 8.30 service. David was doing the announcements, and he's talking about today, and he said, uh, we will have a live donkey here. I said to myself, really? Did I miss something? I mean, um, was this talked about in staff meeting? Now, granted, I'm probably not paying attention to half the staff meeting, but, you know. And then he says, Lewis will be here. I said, who's Lewis? And, of course, I asked people, yeah, Lewis the donkey, of course. Yeah, everybody knows that. How could you not know we have a donkey named Lewis? Silly me, you know. And so... We have Lewis the donkey. Is Lewis here yet by chance? No, he is not here yet. Okay. I just want to at least see Lewis because I've heard so much about Lewis. But how appropriate because it was on this day that Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem. Now, um, all four Gospels tell the story of Jesus' triumphal entry. And... John's gospel is the only one that mentions palm branches. Uh, Matthew and Mark just say that there were cut branches, leafy branches. They didn't say anything about palm branches. Uh, Luke's gospel doesn't say anything at all about branches, just cloaks. So they, 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 they spread their cloaks along the road as Jesus entered Jerusalem. So you have these different accounts of palm branches, cloaks, branches, but the donkey is in all four. 
Now, uh, John's gospel doesn't say how the donkey arrived. It just starts the story with Jesus himself getting on a, a donkey. Uh, the other gospels actually tell the story of how they, uh, how they got the donkey. Jesus had asked two of his disciples to go into the village, and he said, when you get there, you will find a donkey that has not been ridden and untie it and bring it back to me. If anybody asks what you're doing, just say the Lord needs it. Now, it, it didn't say who the two disciples were. It leaves them nameless, which is interesting. If you look in uh, Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 10, uh, before this happens in Mark's account, Jesus is actually talking with the disciples as they're heading towards Jerusalem, and he, he just very point blank says, the Son of Man, which means himself, will be arrested, will be mocked, spit upon, flogged, and crucified, and then on the third day will rise again. He said it as plain as can be. And so you can imagine what the responses would be if, if the one that you followed had just told you that, what would you say to him right after you hear that? Well, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, immediately say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Can you imagine? Jesus just said, I'm about to go suffer immensely for you, and you're asking me to do something for you. So he played along. He said, yeah, sure. What, what is it? And they said, would you grant for us, meaning James and John, one to sit on your left and one to sit on your right when you enter into glory? Wow. That's some good team players, isn't it? The other 10 were not amused, by the way, at all this. And that was a great time for Jesus to give them a lesson. He said, you know, the greatest is the servant of all. And he said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for all. So I cannot help but think, it, it doesn't say the name of the two disciples, but don't you think that perhaps maybe Jesus just looked over across the 12 and said, you know, James and John, why don't y'all go get the donkey? Instead of worrying about who gets to sit on the left and the right, why don't you go fetch the donkey? How about that? Well, they bring the donkey back, and it's time to ride into Jerusalem. Uh, this is the only account in the Gospels where Jesus is riding an animal. So nowhere else do you see Jesus riding a donkey, a horse, anything. This is obviously the point. He does not need this animal to go into Jerusalem. He rides the donkey to go in to show that he comes as a king, as a Messiah that comes in humility and peace. Um, in those days, if a king rode into town on a horse, sometimes that would mean war. I'm going to clean house. And no doubt that's what some of Jesus' followers wanted. We want you to make everything right, and the only way to do that is through violence, and we can't wait to see you take it to these people. But instead, Jesus says, no, bring me a donkey. It's a sign of humility and uh, one of the Gospels actually says the disciples actually set him up on the donkey. So you can imagine them picking Jesus up and 
Uh, the others, Jesus just gets on the donkey himself. So he, uh, he's on the donkey. Everybody is along the road. And Jesus says to the donkey, what's your name? And the donkey says, Lewis. Wow. Uh, is Lewis inside? Is that, did I miss something? Did I miss something? Lewis. So Jesus says, it's nice to meet you, Lewis. Thanks for coming down and helping me out today, and we're going to take a little trip here. And so they start along the road, and Lewis says, so what brings you to Jerusalem? And Jesus said, well, it's Passover, and I'm here with some followers. And Lewis says, uh, who's that over there to the left? And he points to a lady over to the left, and Jesus said, oh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a woman that I forgave uh, uh, for adultery, and she's here because she experienced my grace. She's o over there to the left. And Lewis said, who's the short guy over there on the right? And so Jesus said, oh, that's Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector, and before he met me, he lived his life cheating everybody he could find and just living for himself. And, well, that's Zacchaeus. What about the lady over just past... Zacchaeus, and Jesus said, oh, that's the Samaritan woman, uh, the one that I met at the well and turned her life around to. What about the guy way down at the end? Jesus said, oh, well, look, that's the rich young ruler. Last time I saw him, he asked what he must do to inherit eternal life. I told him for him, he needed to sell everything, give it to the poor and follow me, and I didn't think he would, but look, there he is too, and Another reminder that you can change your mind about Jesus. How about that? He's there too. And so Lewis and Jesus are just making their way along the road. And maybe you can see yourself there on the road. Maybe you have a palm branch and you're there with all your problems. I'm there with all my problems. You know, the neat thing about a, a parade as you parade in, it's always positive, it's joyful, and that was the feeling here at the beginning. Um, our youngest son, Andrew, decided to run a half marathon, let's see, it was last weekend, actually, and I called him the day before because we were just going to meet him, it's in Waco, we'd come and see him, our other son, Ben's in town, and I said, how's the training going? He said, uh, well, I ran a mile the other day. I said, you, you do realize it's 13.1, right? He said, yeah. Uh, I said, this is going to be bad. This is not good. I can't wait to see this. I'm actually looking forward to it. I mean, I cannot wait to see you at mile 10. I mean, I just, so we load up in the car and we all go to see him and so my oldest son, Ben, and I have twisted sense of humor. And so along as we're driving up, we're like, wouldn't it be funny if instead of clapping for him and we could say something like, uh, if you're second, you're last, let's go, pick it up. And drive all the way up here to see you just slacking, let's go. And well, Alicia was with us, so we didn't do that. <laughs> no, we're going to have a good day. Everybody's good. We're having fun. So we're there along the road, and it was so encouraging. All these people with posters for their friends and families, they're cheering. It's, it's just the most – if you're ever having a bad day, 
if you're having a really bad day, just go find a marathon somewhere and just stand on the side of the road. It'll lift your spirits. It's just the most encouraging thing. Straight to the cross. Henry uh, Nouwen was a Dutch priest, and towards the end of his life, he uh, went to the circus and saw uh, the flying trapeze act, and he became fascinated with these trapeze artists and followed them around for a year. Now, that's odd at best, but hey, if you like that, I mean, and he, he learned a lot about what was involved in being a trapeze artist, and it was the Flying Rodleys was the name of the, the group. So he's talking to Rodley, the head of the trapeze, and he's telling him about what it's like. And uh, Rodley was the flyer, so he's the one that would let go in the midair. <clears throat> and then Joe, his catcher, would catch him. Well, Rodley said to Nowen, he said, here's how it works. The flyer does nothing. Just lets go, flies through the air, and the worst thing I can do is try to grab the wrist of the catcher. That is the worst thing I can do. It could break his wrist or mine, and we're done. I do nothing, nothing. And now I thought about it, and he said, isn't that the way it is with God and us and and he thought about what Jesus prayed on the cross. You remember he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Well, they reached the end of the road. Lewis had the time of his life. I mean, the son of God. He got the view. You know these GoPros? You can wear a GoPro. It's almost like Lewis, you know, the GoPro. He could see what Jesus could see. He alone Jesus gets off and uh, says to Lewis, you know, thank you, and gives him a tip. I don't know what the going rate was for a tip, but he gives him a tip. And uh, he says to Lewis, he says, thanks for the ride, Lewis. I'll, I'll take it from here. What would it be like if we inserted our name there and as if Jesus said to Pat, to David, to Sarah, to Monty, to Steve, to Jennifer. I'll take it from here. I'm your catcher. Let's pray. God, help us to understand the significance of your sacrifice and death on the cross in Christ. Remind us again today as we celebrate communion that you are the catcher, and as we come forward to receive the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, we do so with open hands, receiving that which only you can give us. And so now as we reflect in prayer during this song, perhaps we could make a list of things that we would like to let go of and to allow you to be who you have always been and will always be, our catcher. 
pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.